in the neighborhood of $300 a share. This is before, obviously, it had the, the big up that it had. And I had over a thousand of those shares. So you do the math. You know, I had $300,000 or so to play with. It wasn't a lot of money. Well, had I done nothing, had I not just even touched it, those stock, those shares would be worth almost $4 million today. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. This episode is sponsored by ASTOTS Academy's online course, How to Start Building Your Wealth, Investing in the Stock Market. I wrote this course for those who want to go from feeling frustrated, intimidated, or overwhelmed by the stock market to becoming confident and in control of their financial future. Go to myworstinvestmentever.com slash deals to claim your discount now. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, and I'm here with featured guests, Billy, Samoa, Salimi. Billy, are you ready to rock? I am ready. Thank you for having me, Andrew. It's great to have you. In fact, I want to introduce you to the audience because it's pretty impressive the stuff that you've done and what you're doing. So Billy is an entrepreneur, podcast host, and award-winning filmmaker. He has led learning and development organizations for some of the most disruptive companies in the world, including the number one disruptor, Tesla, where he was head of global sales and product training. He's currently CEO and co-founder of Podify, a podcast agency that provides production and promotion services to companies and individuals who want to create a podcast. So listen up, folks. There's something to learn here. He's also president and founder of Insight Media, a Los Angeles-based production company that specializes in podcasting and digital media. In addition to being the host of For the Love of Podcasts, which is, of course, a podcast about podcasting, he's also the host of the podcast Insight Out, where he interviews best-selling authors, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to uncover powerful insights, reveal why they make an impact, and explain exactly how they can be applied. So, Billy, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Well, thank you, first of all. I'm so excited to be here and learn more about you while also share a little bit about me, man. I, I love the fact that you are talking about something that is really something that people kind of shove under the rug and don't talk about, which is the decisions you make sometimes end up being pivotal, life-changing decisions. And so uh, another tidbit about me before I get into my worst investment ever is I've always been a, a people person and I love meeting new people and learning about new people. And so I guess a tidbit that's not in the bio is that I, I've loved traveling. We talked before the show, you know, I've, I've done extensive traveling. I've been to as many countries as I am years. So uh, up until quarantine, so I'm about to have my 44th birthday. So, and I need to catch up. So I haven't been doing much international travel as late. But what that taught me is, you know, we're more alike than we are different as human beings. And if you do a genetic test, we're about 99.99% alike genetically. And there's very little that separates us, yet we're all so unique. And so for me, one of the things I'm fascinated by is everyone's story. And so like you, I have a podcast and I love asking questions. I have this insatiable curiosity to find out why people are 
the way they are, why they act the way they are, why they do the things they do, what gets them excited. And so for me, I've always just been electrified by the stories that people tell. And I feel like everybody's got something that they can share that will add value and meaning to the lives of others. And so, um, yeah, like you, I just, I, I'm a sponge and I, I'm a lifelong learner and I always want to get as much information as I can, because I think knowledge is the, the lifeblood of, of happiness and a, and a rich, full life. Mm, beautiful. I mean, I left America when I was 26 to move to Thailand and it just blew my mind, you know, really, it just blew my mind. I realized that the way we think, the way we act, the way we behave is all a social construct. It's been mm. constructed by our forefathers and mothers. It's been constructed by our political leaders. It's been constructed by all of the people that have come before us in our particular state, city, town, country. But country is really the dividing one. And once you travel around as you have, you just realize, yeah, we're all the same. In fact, in some ways you could say, we're all kind of victims of our countries, whatever mm. social constructs our countries put on us, some good, some bad. And of course, the worst case is when our country's leaders decide to pit us against each other. And mm. now I see that how war really works and how developing enemies is so valuable for political leaders and all of that. And the benefit of traveling the world, and I advise it for everybody who's listening, is that it can open up your mind and ultimately bring more peace and love to the world. So that's my add-on to your... Beautifully said. <laughs> I was in the airport in Chiang Mai in 2008. Was it 2008? I don't know if you recall this, but the airport shut down and everything shut down because of the political unrest. And I was, I was in the middle of it. I mean, I'm sure you, you, yeah. you recall if you were there then, but... Yeah, man, you, you got to just, we are very much a construct of the, the people around us. And a lot of the times that is informed by the, the government. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for everything that you just said. But in the end, I think all of us human beings, we want the same things. We want connection. We want to feel loved. We want to be loved and we want to love other people. And I think each of us has a responsibility to embody that instead of the divisiveness and the hate that can be in many ways sort of thrust down upon us because of any number of inputs that allow us to get carried away with things that aren't as important. And because what is most important is, is how you and I are talking right now and connecting and learning about each other. That's what matters. Yeah. And for those people that are listening, you're connecting, you know, you're listening in on this and connecting with both of us. And now take this opportunity to go out and connect with one person yourself today. I think that's for people that are listening who don't have a podcast and want to start a podcast and are listening to what Billy and I are saying. I think that that's one of the quick discussions I'd like to have is, you know, tell us just a little bit about Podify and for someone starting or trying to grow a podcast. Tell us a little bit about that and what would be a way that either we could get a tip from you or what's the best way to contact you to say, hey, mm -hmm. I want to start. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think right now we're at this really pivotal point in our, frankly, evolution as a species. And I think we've been able to communicate in a way that 
is unprecedented over the last 20 years because of the internet, because of social media and information is, we're in the information age basically. And, and because of that knowledge is being disseminated at a faster rate than ever before. Thousands of years ago, around campfires and things of that nature as we evolved, stories are what were passed down from generation to generation. And those stories, they really made up the fabric of our communities and of, our, of the customs and traditions that we have. And now the, the modern day fire is the internet. And so with that, there's a way to push out all sorts of ways of communication. And one of those ways is podcasting. You could do a blog, you could do a podcast, you could make a YouTube channel, right? Or you could do something else that will allow you to share stories with other people. And so for podcasting specifically, I think that people need to go in with the right expectations. And that's the first thing that I would say to anyone that starts a podcast is what makes podcasting unique is that the distribution model is not like going to a platform that already has users. Because when you publish a podcast, it kind of goes into the abyss. And so if you go and think, okay, I'm going to start a podcast and then all of a sudden I'm going to have all these people just downloading it. Unless you have a built-in audience, it's highly unlikely that will happen on your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, 10th, or even 50th show. You're going to have to do some serious work. And so I guess where I'm going with this is that what is your expectation? Are you trying to be the next Joe Rogan? Are you trying to share information that's meaningful to you that you think will be meaningful to somebody else? And what is your long-term, and I say long-term very intentionally, plan? Because if you're starting a podcast and you're going to see how it goes for six months, I would say don't do it. Because a podcast, as you well know, Andrew, is it's not a one or two year thing. You got to look three, four, five years. I believe it's an incredible platform, incredible medium for so many reasons. But just getting downloads and getting people to listen is only one part of it. The other part of it is meeting you and you meeting me, right? So there is the connection side of it. There is the sharing side of it, giving information. And then what is the goal from a, let's just call it a monetary perspective. Are you using it for business development where you can meet potential clients? Maybe the potential clients are your listeners, or maybe your potential clients are the people that you're interviewing. And so I think getting crystal clear on like, what is your intention and why are you doing this? If it is strictly like, I just want to do it for business and it's a business development tool, that's fine. Just know that you're probably not going to get a sponsor right away. You're probably not going to get advertisers right away. But if you're smart about it and you pick a topic in a niche area that's very tied into your particular space or area of interest, you can very quickly create connections and bonds. Because one thing I will tell you, and I know you already know this, is that doors open very wide when you have a podcast. It doesn't matter how new you are at podcasting. It doesn't even matter how successful your podcast is, how many downloads you have or any of that. What matters is that you have a podcast and it's a lot easier to go to somebody and say, hey, would you like to be on my show? Than it is to say, hey, do you want to learn more about my widget, my service, whatever? This is what I provide. And so I think that is a, a really important distinction to make. And now the flip side of that is maybe it's not business related. Maybe you're doing it as a hobby. I interviewed a guy named Cliff Ravenscraft on my show, For the Love of Podcast. And he says, everybody should start as a hobby. Like start it and just be really casual about it. See if you like it and go in with low, low expectations. And that's another way you could approach it, which 
is fine too. And if and that's what he did, he started, he did a show about Lost, the TV show. He's been podcasting since 2004 and has done over 5,000 episodes, but it started just kind of like doing something for fun. And so I, I think get really crystal clear on why you're doing it and what your expectations are. Mm. And so I think that's a good starting off point. It's interesting, you know, I've never really told anybody why I started this podcast. I have my backstory, which is, you know, I wanted to be a podcaster and I wanted to talk about finance. But now that you've mentioned it, I think it's time to reveal why I started this podcast. Yes. The reason why I started this podcast is because, you know, I'm an analyst and I do really well all by myself. I can just literally work whether that's to get my PhD and write my dissertation, whether that's to pass my CFA exam, whether that's to write a hundred page report and bring it out to my clients. I'm really good at solitary work, but I know that my business and my life, it can't grow. If all I'm doing is focusing in, I have to focus out. So my first idea was, you know, I got to force myself to get on the phones every day, every week, to sell and, and contact potential clients. And I just couldn't do it. I kept pushing myself to do it and it was hard. And then the podcast was my sneaky way of forcing myself to have five quality conversations a week. Mm. And it, it's sometimes with people that may be a partner or a business you know, associate or someone that we may do something, but it's just, it doesn't matter who it is. What matters is that I'm, I'm getting out there and having these conversations. So. If you're listening and you're shy, you don't feel like you really can um, communicate the way you want to communicate, a podcast can be a tool to kind of make up for a potential weakness or something that you may not like to do, but this gives you a chance. Now, of course, if you don't like doing it, then you know, you're not gonna keep doing it, but the point is, is that there's many different reasons why, and that's the reason why I started this podcast. I love that, man. And, and thank you for sharing. You know, what's interesting is I love to read, but I hate reading, meaning I love reading new books and gathering new information, but I always put off reading. But since starting the podcast, I've never read more. And so just like meeting new people. And I mean, sometimes you just got to force your hand to get out of your own comfort zone. And you've just described that you started a podcast because you wanted to meet more people. Maybe some of them are partners. So maybe some of them aren't, maybe some of them are clients, maybe some of them aren't. But point being is podcasting is a great way to get out of your comfort zone. It's a great way to find new connections and it's a great way to bring in new knowledge. For me, it's books and people and all these different things. And so there's so many benefits to podcasting that wouldn't be the first thing that most people think about because people are get the allure of being famous and the celebrity and the coolness of having a podcast. That's all great. And that can come. But I think what matters most to me, at least, is like you and I talking and building a friendship just through a, an organic conversation. Yep. And what's great is that in the past, two guys like us didn't have an opportunity to share that friendship. So now we have a simple way through podcasting that a listener can literally share in that friendship mm -hmm. because the amount that I'm sharing with you and you're sharing with me is the same amount that those people are listening into. And that's what's pretty cool. I think I want to move on to the next question I have for you, but I'm going to have to, we got to keep this one short. And that is, you're pretty darn good in LinkedIn. And I just wonder, I know I have a lot of listeners who are, they're doing okay on LinkedIn, but they really feel like there's more to LinkedIn and they're not tapping into it, what would be one 
tip or trick for LinkedIn that you found really works for you for LinkedIn? Sure. I'll give you one tip, but I'll, I'll break it into truthfully. I'll give you three tips for the yeah. price of one, one be consistent, whether that's three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, find the time to put out content where you are providing value to people in an area that you're passionate about, or you have some level of domain expertise. So that's one, be consistent. Two, once you're consistent, make sure that it's not just you putting out content, but you're also engaging in other people's content. And I put that second only because, not because it's less important, in fact, it's more important. And you should be spending at least two to three times as much time you spent creating content, engaging other people's content. So you got to do that. So just make sure you're consistent, make sure you're engaging in other people's content. And then aside from all of those things, make sure that you, once you engage with people, have offline, off-platform conversations. You and I are having a conversation with the podcast, but you want to graduate the relationships that you have with people who you're engaging with through your own content and through their content, and you want to have off-platform conversations. If you do those things consistently, if you're consistent and you're publishing content on a regular basis, if you engage, and if you have off-platform conversations, if you do those three things, you'll see success as long as you do it for a long time. Don't expect it's going to happen in one week. It's going to happen over a long period. So that's a great one. One of my prior guests, Avi Liran, who is episode 252, he basically, when we first connected on LinkedIn, the first thing he did is he sent me a personalized audio message on LinkedIn, which LinkedIn has that function. And he just said, you know, what I want to do in life is help bring delight. Is there something that I can do in your life to bring delight into your life? <laughs> Andrew, you know, and he called me out. And he's become obviously a guest on the show, but also a good friend. So great, yeah. great advice. So we've got... Be consistent in posting content, engaging in other people's content. And engaging doesn't mean clicking like, although sometimes that's what you do. But I would say pick out a portion of that content that's valuable to you and then say, hey, here's what I take away from that. That's Make right. a, a short comment and that gets the conversation going. You'd be surprised that there's not that many people that comment or that give a quality comment. So people- That's right. It's it. got to be, it's a great <sighs> distinction. It's got to- it's got to have some heart to it. And it can't just be like, hey, great post. It's got to say what you liked about the post, add your additional insight. Like what can you add? It's a piece of micro content. Think of your comment as a piece of micro content. And then make sure that you're super clear and specific and call them out, tag them, put their name in, in your comment too. Or, and also share it to your followers to say, look at this, here's what I think about it. And that's ultimately what everybody wants is for they want their content to reach a far, you know, far and wide. So the last thing, number three, is develop that, get onto the off, get offline, off platform and start building that relationship. Mm -hmm. All right. Fantastic. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us, <laughs> <a bit> about, <laughs> tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. So I, I had a great job. I worked for Tesla, arguably, as you said, the most disruptive company on the planet. Leading up to that, I think I had eight promotions from the point probably 10 years prior working for 
Solar City before Tesla and one other company. And I call it my corporate wave because I never intended to be in a corporate life. I got into corporate life because after making a movie, I decided to try sales and sales kind of was easy for me. And if I'm being blunt and the reason it was easy is it was about connecting. It was about being real and, and honest and, and just speaking from the heart. And so I, I took to sales and my career blossomed and I was very fortunate to get multiple roles in leadership and management and move from manager to director and all kinds of things happened over those 10 years. And I just never saw an exit point from my career until January of 2019, when my boss had a conversation with Elon Musk and I had worked my way up to be one degree away from Elon, meaning my boss reported to him. And so at that time, I knew that my role was a fairly high and prominent role. I had a global role. So I had a, a team in Asia. I had a team in North America. I had a team in, in Europe, in EMEA. And what was decided was my role wasn't necessary because we had people who were in charge of the North America team, in charge of the team in Europe, and in charge of the team in Asia. And so my position was eliminated. And Honestly, it was a relief in many ways. The problem is even though I was ready for a long time to go out on my own, I wasn't ready enough to know exactly what I was going to do. And so the investment that I made was I thought, okay, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to take my stock and I'm going to parlay it into more money. So I had zero, and I mean zero experience in the stock market. But I said, I'm going to learn day trading. I'm going to learn how to do this. And I had dabbled for like the month before, and I had done fairly well. I'd made probably 40 grand in a month just by doing a few short trades. At the time, it was December of 2018, which if you recall, it was doing a big bounce up. So anybody could have made money doing that. And so I got this false sense of early success. And so what I did is slowly but surely I cashed in my Tesla shares, which I had over a thousand of Tesla shares. I cashed them in and I'm just being super blunt in the neighborhood of $300 a share. This is before obviously it had the, the big up that it had. And I had over a thousand of those shares. So you do the math, you know, I had $300,000 or so to play with. It wasn't a lot of money. Well, had I done nothing, had I not just even touched it, those stock, those shares would be worth almost $4 million today. Now, you might think that the investment of the, or the lack there of, of pulling that money, that's the worst. It was the investment of my time because I spent the next six months day trading. So from January until about May, I spent day trading May or, or June. And that investment in time, yeah, I learned about the stock market, which was nice and that was interesting. And I can't take that away, but it delayed me doing what I'm doing today. And me doing what I'm doing today is where my heart is and where my passion is. And so the message that I want to give to your listener, your listeners, is that time is way more precious than any monetary figure. And when you make decisions, it's you're right. Nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows going in that they're going to make the worst investment ever. But I think investment in time is the thing we need to be most thoughtful of. And there's a few things that play into that. 
It's what do we say no to? And what do we say yes to? Because when you say no to something, you're inherently and in, sort of by default, if you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. And if you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And it works both ways. And so since time, you just don't get it back. I think we all got to be really crystal clear on why we're doing something. And so I had no experience day trading. I had no education in this. I thought I could learn it quickly. That was foolhardy. That was stupid. And so now I could look back and see that. And I knew I wouldn't want to do it long-term. So why did I try to do it on the short-term? It was to try to accelerate, somehow turn what money I had into a lot more money. And yes, I lost some money. I didn't lose it all, but I lost enough. But frankly, it's what I didn't gain long-term because I wasn't able to do my podcast earlier. I wasn't able to start Potify earlier. And of course, I was putting money that I could have just had and kept in the same place and moving that into other plays that ultimately didn't yield the kind of financial benefit that I could have had. And so, Andrew, for me, the investment of time and delaying what I was capable of doing to try and do something that my heart wasn't in, I think we need to have our heart in whatever it is that we're doing. So that was definitely the worst investment of my time and the worst investment of my money. Yeah. And let me ask you, can you remember a specific day where it was like you've reached the end of that and you kind of realized that that was a waste or I'm stuck or I've got to change or this wasn't, you know, can you remember any specific day? Yeah, I was driving to Las Vegas. It sounds funny. I was driving to Las Vegas and I was basically, I made the decision that I, I was done day trading and I decided to sell everything. And honestly, even doing that was kind of silly because it was just an emotional decision. And as you know, well know, you cannot trade on emotion. <laughs> and so I was emotional. I was beat up. I was tired. I was frustrated. I learned a lot. I had some success. I had some great days. But ultimately, I said, this is not the life that I want to live. And I did not feel good about what I was doing. And so I made the conscious decision to cash in everything, cut my losses and move on. And from that point forward, I said, I'm going to dedicate what I do to the thing that makes my heart sing and that makes me most happy, which is I started my podcast. I started my company and I'm doing everything that I'm doing now. So it was about June. I don't know the exact date, but June of 2019. Hmm. So listeners, think about your ride to Vegas. Think about that time that you are going through questioning what you're doing. You know, that's part of the story of my worst investment ever is that there comes a moment of kind of capitulation where we say, I've had enough. You know, it, it may not be that you lost everything. It sometimes is, but it's that moment. And so let's call that moment the ride to Vegas. That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's summarize for the listeners, just super easy, one, two, three, what are the lessons you learned? Lesson number one, make sure that the time that you're dedicating to anything is something that is fulfilling on the long-term and not a shortcut because you think it's going to give you a quick benefit. That's lesson one. Lesson two, listen to your gut and your instinct and be honest with yourself because your gut knows what you should and shouldn't be doing. 
And if your gut's telling you this is not what you're meant to be doing, you're probably not meant to be doing that. And lesson three is know when to pivot because maybe you didn't hear your gut. Maybe you didn't make the decision to not spend your time doing something that you're passionate about, but that's okay. Because guess what? My mom always said that time is on your side and I don't care how old you are. Time is on your side, even though it seems because it's a, the only thing that keeps going away. It is on your side. It's never too late. You could get your PhD at 50, for example, it's never too late to do anything. Right. Amen. And the point being, the point being is have the belief system and the mindset that just because something has happened doesn't mean that you can't make a hard pivot and you can make up for lost time. You can do, I mean, there's so many examples of people who've started companies and done things later in their life. I mean, Colonel Sanders, I think started KFC at like 60 something years old. And that's just one story. I mean, even Walt Disney started it late point being is have the belief system and the mindset that you can, you can make that change and have the confidence that, it all starts with the decision to make that pivot. Great. So point number one, you know, to summarize, invest time in long-term things. Number two is listen to your gut and your instinct. And I think it's important to separate feelings from instinct. You know, instinct is that, that sensation you feel when you know something's not right. Feeling is a longer-term thing that we feel. And one of the things I've learned from this podcast is that instinct is much more important than I used to think. Mm -hmm. being and connecting with that, that soft voice in your, in your body. And then number three is know when to pivot and be willing to pivot. And the fact is, is that it doesn't matter. Yesterday is gone. That's right. Everything you've done is gone. And I think that I would then lead into kind of the things that I took away from it. And I think that leads into one of them, which is that, you know, one of the best things I ever heard was that your life is like, bank account like a savings account every morning that you are able to wake up it's like money has been put into that savings account for you that day mm. all the money that you have from before gone but today you have a deposit how are you going to spend that money and no matter how you mess it up let's say you just waste it all tomorrow morning there's going to be a new deposit mm. you want to waste it again or you want to take that deposit and invest it into something powerful. And so I think when we talk about, you know, the power of investing your time, that analogy is really good to help me realize that we have a gift and that is the gift of a new day. So let's make the best of it. The other thing that I took away is a day trading. I mean, day trading is so seductive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all over the internet. It's all over. And I've been involved in finance all my life and I know for instance, just the academic research, rigorous academic research that shows how difficult it is to make money in the long term. It's not, it has nothing to do with what an individual trade did. It has to do with how you're accumulating your wealth over the next five or 10 years. And day trading generally for only a small number of people will ever get them to be really accumulating their wealth. But man, that does not stop millions of people from trying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I wrote my course, How to Start Building Your Wealth, Investing in the Stock Market, is to try to help people focus on the long term. And the last thing I would say, uh, <laughs> you know, the curse of success, which you mentioned, is that 
for so many of the people I've interviewed, their worst investment ever came from that first decision they made to invest their time or money into something, and it went well. Hey, and you're suckered mm. in. That's right. You know, it's almost worse if you, it's almost better if you go in and just lose all your money on day Daily one. Immediately. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I you're know. like, okay. But it's so common that you have instant success and then that turns out to be fleeting. Anything you'd add to those takeaways? Well, I think the last points are really important with that false sense of success. Early success is a really great takeaway. And, and thank you for sharing that because it's so true. I can only imagine if I had immediate failure, I would have, I would have been shell-shocked and I probably would have just walked away. I probably would not have sold the rest of my shares. I just wouldn't have. But because I had that early success, it's like, okay, I could do this. And it was totally a false, it's a false sense of success because I wasn't, I was so clueless, Andrew, that I had like, literally I'd never traded. I had the only shares I had were shares that I accumulated because I had a corporate job. I knew nothing, nothing. I just knew that you could buy and sell. And I had an E-Trade account. I was so clueless and so naive that I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know that like the market was at a point where it bottomed out and it was coming back up and a fool could have made money. Now I did learn, but I didn't learn everything. And I learned enough to know that that was just a total false sense of, of success. And that really did lead me to try to do it more and try to duplicate the success that I had, which ultimately led to numerous many failures and ultimately the biggest failure of all, which was, you know, I should have kept at least some of my shares of Tesla for the yep. long term. Yep. Well, there's a lot of people that, that have experienced a 10-year bull market and a rising tide raises all boats. And so when things start coming down is when you really figure out who understands risk management, which is what this podcast really is all about. Mm. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? I would say the one action that anyone should take to avoid that same fate is remember every morning that you wake up, like you said, you have a decision on what you can do and how you use your day. Be intentional. And by saying that, what I mean is your intentionality is all and should be tethered back to a central purpose and theme and so get clear on what that theme is. I just interviewed somebody on my podcast and he said, there's confused purpose and there's clarified purpose. And so I think as you can clarify your purpose, what were you put on this planet to do? Everybody has their own unique gift, their unique superpower. And the thing that they're going to do to make a difference, to leave a legacy, to impact others. And it should be bigger than you. It shouldn't be frankly about you. It should be about other people in almost all cases. And so how will you impact other people? How will you make it an impact on other people that will last when you're gone? And so as you get clear on that, go and, and look inward deeply and say, okay, is what I'm doing today, is what I've set off to do today, is it serving me or is it not serving me? Is it fulfilling my clarified purpose or is it a convoluted and sort of abstract or distracted or messy approach to life where it's haphazard, it's ad hoc, and it doesn't really tie back to 
a very clear and defined mission and purpose of service and how you're going to help other people. And I, I think that's really, you talk about fulfillment and I think that's what everyone wants. They, money and all that, it doesn't matter. People want to feel fulfilled and they feel fulfilled when they're doing something that matters and that will help other people. That's, to me, that's, that's the secret recipe of life. And so however you do that, do you do that because you're a cook, because you're a cardiologist and you save lives, because you're an author and you write books, you're a podcaster, because you're a mechanic? Like what, what do you do to, to be of service to other people? Got it. All right, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? I love this question. So, and it's so hard to narrow down, but ultimately the mission that I'm on is to help other people realize their gift and to realize what superpower is within them. And so my number one goal is to help as many people as I possibly can amplify their message and voice through podcasting. And the way in which I plan to do that and the way in which I'm already doing that is by not thinking of people as dollar signs and thinking about how much money I can get from them, but thinking about how can I partner with people who have this insatiable appetite and desire to do the things that I just talked about, to give unconditionally and to serve other people. So today I, I just met with a woman who's a, a sex therapist and, a, and she's phenomenal. And she had a nationally rated, syndicated radio show and I'm helping her build her podcast. And it's such a gratifying feeling to help her because her mission is to help other people be loved and feel loved. And through that, it's, you know, going back to things that people don't want to talk about like sex mm. and our bodies and emotion and soul and all these different things. And so by me helping her, I have in at least a small way, a role in helping her serve her mission. And so my mission and my one goal is to help other people find and clarify their mission and purpose and amplify that through the power of podcasting and the intimacy of the human voice. Fantastic. And for those that want to avail themselves of that, where should they go to contact you? Where's the best place? I'm a big LinkedIn guy. So find me on LinkedIn. There's also a new platform called Clubhouse, which you're going to hear more and more about. Find me on Clubhouse. Everything is Billy Samoa. So, you know, LinkedIn, blah, 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 forward slash Billy Samoa. I'm the only Billy Samoa. So find me there. Send me a direct message. My website's Billy Samoa. And then the website, Podify. If you want to do a strategy session, no cost. I just want to hear what your vision is, why you want to create a podcast. Like, what is the thing that you want to share with the world? And I can help you just by having a conversation. Or if you want to go further than that, we can help you with editing and any other service that we offer. So just go to podify.co.co and you could schedule a session for us to talk. Fantastic. All right, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember to go to myworstinvestmentever.com slash deals to claim your discount on the course, How to Start Building Your Wealth, Investing in the Stock Market. And no, it's not about day trading. <laughs> it's about building wealth over the long run. Also, go to Potify and book that time with Billy. What an opportunity to discuss it. So as we conclude, Billy, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best 
teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Well, first and foremost, Andrew, thank you. It's been an honor to be on your show. I'm truly just humbled that you would think of me and bring me on to share my story with your audience. The last thing I have to say is we all hear authenticity as a buzzword and you got to ask yourself, why is that the buzzword of today? The reason why is there is only one you. There has only been one you and there will only ever be one you. That is your competitive advantage. So let your you shine through every single day you're on this planet, every single thing that you do. Make sure that you do it because you want to do it, not because other people think you should do it. Be you and be independently and lovingly you. Beautiful. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.